This is Jose Figueroa with an approved workman where we are rightly dividing the word of truth. Welcome to another time of Bible study. I am glad that you're here as we open up God's word one more time. Our current series is Growing Grace, Growing Knowledge, a study of the book of 2 Peter. If you're new to this Bible teaching ministry, here is how you can learn more about our work. You can start by visiting our website, www.anapprovedworkman.org. That's anapprovedworkman.org. On the website, you can learn more about the purpose of this ministry, our approach to Bible study, and also review our statement of faith. You can also listen to previous episodes of our current series on 2 Peter or any episodes from previous Bible study series we have completed. You can also subscribe to the podcast, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and other podcast directories. You can also connect with an approved workman on social media. On Instagram, we are at an approved workman. On Pinterest, we are an approved workman. And our Facebook page is facebook.com slash workman 215 Finally, you can also subscribe to our video channels to ensure you don't miss any episodes of the video versions of our lessons. These are available on either YouTube or Rumble. Today, we're at lesson number two in the series Growing Grace, Growing Knowledge from the book of Second Peter. This is volume two of our series, Strangers and Pilgrims, a study of first and second Peter. The lesson for today is titled, Call to Abundant Living, part two. And our focus passage is second Peter chapter one, verses five through 11. So please find your way in your Bible to that passage. In second Peter chapter one, he reminds believers that they have been granted everything they need for life and godliness. In our previous episode, we began our study of 2 Peter chapter 1 by looking at our first division called to full lives from verses 1 through 4. In this second letter, the Apostle Peter teaches that by focusing on and living out the truth in Scripture, believers will be able to grow spiritually and stand firm against false teachings. In that first division, Peter told us that because of God's divine power, each believer has been granted everything they need for life and godliness. This is done through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. And there is that concept again that is going to be very important and uh, relevant to our study of Second Peter. Knowledge of Him, knowledge of Christ. It's all about Jesus. It's all about getting to know God by knowing Jesus. It's all about knowing Jesus. So let's review the principle and application from that first division. The principle, in Christ alone, God has provided all we need to live full godly lives. In Christ alone, God has provided all we need to live full godly lives. As a way of application, we ask this question. Knowing God has given you everything you need in Christ, 
to live a full godly life, how are you challenged or comforted? Now that we understand how God has empowered, equipped, and enabled us to live a full godly life for His glory, we need to do something with that knowledge. In his commentary on 2 Peter, Dr. Warren Wiersbe again provides us with a great word to set up our context for the lesson. He says, quote, The Christian life begins with faith, but that faith must lead to spiritual growth, unless it is dead faith. But death faith is not saving faith. Faith leads to growth, and growth leads to practical results in life and service. People who have this kind of Christian experience are not likely to fall prey to apostate false teachers." End quote. Here is our lesson outline and goal for our teaching from 2 Peter chapter 1. Last time we looked at first division called to full lies verses 1 through 4. Today we will focus on the second division called to fruitful lives verses 5 through 11 and then next time we will finalize the study of 2 Peter chapter 1 by looking at our third division called to firm lives. And our goal for the teaching from 2 Peter chapter 1 is this, to encourage believers to remember that because of our calling in Jesus Christ we have everything we need to live full, fruitful and firm lives. Again, the goal for the teaching from 2 Peter chapter 1 is this, to encourage believers to remember that because of our calling in Jesus Christ, we have everything we need to live full, fruitful, and firm lives. Let's get started today with our lesson as we look at our second division from 2 Peter chapter 1, Call to Fruitful Lives, verses 5 through 11. Verse 5, Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. Verse 8, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they do not make you useless nor unproductive in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the one who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choice of you, for as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. 2 Peter 1, verses 5 through 11. As we start with verse 5, we see that having reminded his audience of their great redemption, Peter does not want believers to be satisfied with just that knowledge as magnificent as it is. 
he reminds them that part of that sanctification process should lead to spiritual growth and fruitfulness. There are works to be done that have been prepared for those of us who are in Christ, as we read in Ephesians 2.10. And while it is the Holy Spirit who empowers us to grow and produce fruit, we must actively participate in that process. Let me share an, an illustration. Nowadays, there are several people on social media who have how to cook channels. And my wife and I regularly watch a few ladies who have these type of channels on YouTube or other video platforms. These are channels where the person describes a recipe for a particular dish and teaches his or her audience how to prepare that dish. The person invariably first lists the ingredients for the recipe. Then in the video, they demonstrate the method for combining those ingredients into that delicious dish you want to eat. Finally, at the end of the video, the host also encourage you to try this recipe for yourself. So they have given you the what, and they have shown you the how. Now they want you to participate in the cooking process. What Peter does in this section is something very similar. He wants to show us those necessary ingredients that need to be combined so we can have spiritual growth and fruit in our lives. And he also wants us to participate in that process. The first thing he says is to apply all diligence. Uh, the ESV reads, make every effort. And that has the idea of eagerness, that you have excited fervor to do something or accomplish some end. You want to be an active participant in this spiritual growth process. In his Bible commentary, Dr. John MacArthur speaks about the effort required from every disciple of Jesus Christ. He says, quote, The Christian life is not lived to the honor of God without effort. Even though God has poured his divine power into the believer, the Christian himself is required to make every disciplined effort alongside what God has done, end quote. As we look at verses 6 through 8, let's take a look at these ingredients one by one so we can get a better sense of how they work together for our benefit. Again, these are Christian virtues, Christian qualities that Peter is talking about, and we're going to look at the definitions from the Bible sense lexicon. First is faith. Peter starts with the foundation of faith. This is a noun meaning strong confidence in and relies upon someone or something, often with the object of trust understood. Our faith is confidence in Christ. We have been granted this faith by God's grace. Number two, Peter says that to our faith, we must add moral excellence or virtue. This is the excellence of a person or thing that enables it to achieve its end or purpose, especially use of moral excellence. As Christians, as believers, we are called to lives of moral excellence or virtue. Number three, to that moral excellence, we must add knowledge. This is a psychological result of perception and learning and reasoning, sometimes simply endowed by God, often with focus on the application of the knowledge. Again, a knowledge is 
completely pervasive here in these three chapters in Second Peter. That's one of the reasons I titled this series Growing Grace, Growing Knowledge, because that is critical. So that's number three. We add knowledge. And then to our knowledge, we're going to add self-control. This is a trait of resolutely controlling one's own desires, which would produce actions, especially sensual desires. So again, you're increasing in moral excellence, in your knowledge that enables you to uh, have self-control. Number five, to self-control, we're going to add perseverance or patient endurance. You could also translate this as steadfast endurance. The power to withstand hardship or stress, especially the inward fortitude necessary. Next, on top of perseverance, we're going to add godliness. And this is a notion of piety, the devout practice for and appropriate beliefs about God. And then Peter continues, he says, he says in our uh, godliness, we are to mix in brotherly kindness. This is brotherly love. Is that Greek word Philadelphia, the affection naturally befitting the relationship between siblings, especially as the affection of those who are now siblings in God's families. Uh, we are in God's family, we are all brothers and sisters. Finally, the final ingredient, the one who brings it all together, is love. The Greek word here is agape. This is a strong positive emotion of regard and affection. This is unconditional. This is how God loves us. As you look at that list, I want you to notice the progression we have here. Again, it starts with the foundation of faith. As we come to Christ and believe in Him for salvation, we begin that spiritual growth process. Without that foundation, we will get nowhere. But once we're saved, we're encouraged to pursue virtue, righteous acts, holiness. It's an internal process where we seek to do the right thing. Then we add knowledge, knowledge of Christ, knowledge of God, knowledge that can only be acquired through the scriptures, Bible reading, quiet time, meditation, Bible study individually and with others. As we eagerly pursue moral excellence and increasing knowledge, we will be more able to control our sensual desires the desires of the flesh, we grow in self-control. And as we are strengthening the inner man, we can also endure the outside pressures with patient endurance. We can persevere. And as we endure, we begin to exhibit those godly traits to the outside world. We are able to love the fellowship of believers, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then, the binding agent, the supreme ingredient, is love. The love of God that has been poured into our lives and now it can flow to others, believers and non-believers alike. If you look at this list from 2 Peter verses uh, 5 through 11 in the first chapter, they're very similar to the fruit of the Spirit that Paul talks about in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Again, it's a spiritual sanctification process empowered by the Spirit, but one in which we again must actively participate. Dr. N.T. Wright, in his Bible study on 2 Peter, clarifies a typical misunderstanding of this call to apply all diligence. He says, quote, As we look at verses 5 through 7, we could think that this is about me making myself good enough for God. 
which can lead to pride or arrogance. See what a fine Christian I've become. God has already given us everything we need for such a life of godliness. Of course, all these take thought, all these take effort. They don't happen by accident. You have to want to do them. You have to choose to do them. But when you do and pray for God's grace, promises and power to help, you will be coming to know Jesus, the Messiah, end quote. And that's what it's all about. Knowing Jesus more and more every day as we are transformed into his very image. Sanctification is a process. Spiritual growth is a process. It is empowered by the Holy Spirit, but again, we must actively engage in the process. We walk by the Spirit and with the Spirit. Look at Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 5. For those who are in accord with the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are in accord with the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh but in the spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. Romans 8, 5-10 through You have to walk by the Spirit and with the Spirit. It's a spiritual process. It requires the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to Galatians 5, beginning in verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the desire of the flesh is against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. And what you want is sanctification. What you want is spiritual growth. What you want is a life of godliness which you have been empowered to do but you have to actively participate by cooperating with the Holy Spirit of God in your life. In his Bible commentary on 2 Peter, Dr. R.C. Sproul further comments on this cooperative process between us and God. He says, quote, Regeneration is monergistic, which means that it's not a joint effort between you and God. You cannot cause yourself to be born again. Your rebirth is totally dependent upon the soul working of the Holy Spirit, who, in his sovereign and immediate power, raises you from spiritual death. You are completely passive in that action. However, from that moment until you die, the progress of your Christian life is synergistic, which means that it involves a cooperation between you and God. The Apostle Paul tells us, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. 
Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Everything after our rebirth is a cooperative activity. End quote. I think that's a fantastic summary by Dr. Sproul. And again, it just completely clarifies and summarizes this process of sanctification of spiritual growth in our lives. As we look at verses 8 and 9, Peter says that if these qualities are present in them and are also increasing in their lives, they will be unproductive or useless in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If these traits are self-evident in your life, it is proof, demonstration of your intimate and true relationship with Christ. If you're a believer, you have been empowered with all that you need for life and godliness. And if you choose to actively participate in the process and cooperate with the Spirit, this spiritual fruit will be self-evident in your life. As we abide in Christ, we will bear fruit and then more fruit. John 15, 5-8 In contrast, the believer who fails to demonstrate these qualities is blind or short-sighted. It's like they forgot their great salvation, the purification of their sins. This person acts like they have forgotten all that Christ did for them, as if it never happened. A person who is blind is walking in darkness and not in the light of Christ. In verses 10 and 11, Peter calls then on believers to be all the more diligent to make certain about God's calling and choice, His selection in their lives. That active participation in our sanctification process is again proof of the calling of God in our lives unto salvation. In his Bible commentary, Dr. Evans comments on this exhortation from Peter. He says, quote, In this context, the admonition to make every effort to confirm your calling and election is not about making sure we're saved. It's about making sure we are spiritually productive. God chose believers for the purpose of spiritual productivity. Therefore, we must ensure that the purpose for which God called us is being achieved. End quote. Again, it's a demonstration of the great work Christ has done in your life. And as you engage in this process, you demonstrate thanksgiving. You demonstrate love for him because you want to be with him. You, gotta, you want to abide in him. You want to know him. And as you do that, you grow more and more and more into his very image. You are growing spiritually. If we practice these things, we will not stumble or sin habitually. It won't be a process of a bunch of false starts. No, we will get going and run the race. We will have a firm progression in our spiritual growth. We will not simply be wandering aimlessly in our lives. No, we will move forward with Christ in the direction of holiness with sustained obedience. Believers who follow Peter's recipe for spiritual growth will instead have a great, abundant entrance into the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They will not only get into the kingdom, but they will also earn their heavenly rewards. It will be rewarding living. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation, on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become evident, for the day will show it because it is to be revealed. With fire, 
and the fire itself will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet only so as through fire. 1 Corinthians 3, 12-15 We can live a life that is abundant. We can live a life that is godly. We can live a rewarding Christian life in the power of the Holy Spirit. We just have to choose to make every effort, every effort to live a godly life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Dr. Wiersbe again comments on this great assurance. He says, quote, While it is true that God must work in us before we can do His will, it is also true that we must be willing for God to work, and we must cooperate with Him. Divine election must never be an excuse for human laziness. Every believer will arrive in heaven, but some will have a more glorious welcome than others. Alas, some believers shall be saved, yet as so as by fire. 1 Corinthians 3.15 Again, it's your choice. What is it that you want to do? What is it that you want out of your Christian life? Let me ask that again. What do you wish for your Christian life? A nameless, fruitless walk? Or a fruitful, godly life that leads to joy, peace, and heavenly reward? Again, it's your call. Well, that brings us to the end of our second division. What's our principle? In Christ alone, we can live fruitful, godly lives to God's glory. In Christ alone, we can live fruitful, godly lives to God's glory. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown away like a branch and dries up, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. John 15, 5-8 How are the qualities of a fruitful, godly life showing up in your life? This concludes part 2 of our teaching from 2 Peter chapter 1. Thank you for being here today. Next time, we will focus on our third and final division, called to firm lives, verses 12 to 21. Until then, this is Jose Figueroa for an approved one where we are rightly dividing the word of truth. May God richly bless you.